Men, bienvenue, and welcome to The Musical Man, the podcast that shines new light on the Tony Award for Best Musical. Each week we examine the nominees and winners of that esteemed decoration, and this week we'll be discussing Leap of Faith. So, here's how it works. When you hit a new town, it doesn't matter if it's Sweetwater or Topeka or, hell, even New York. You got three days to the blow-off. The closing night, when you take the town for all it's worth and leave before they even know what's hit them. Of course, you gotta do your due diligence. Facebook is fine, but there's still no substitute for good old shoe leather. All right, eyes and ears open, people. Hit the barber shop and the Circle K. Straw hat, alcoholic. Orange cap, gambling schneid. Copy that. Honey, the doctor said to take your meds. It's not the pump, it's the well. We run dry. I know, I've been tossing and turning all night. I think my wife's on to us. Time for rolling up your sleeves now. Harvest time is here, no laying about. Go and gather up the sheaves now. Working in the fields of the Lord. Faith is rising tall as we dare. All you gotta do is win or without. Every grain you get is sweet there. Working in the fields of the Lord. Hey, Zach, grab that old lady. Evening, ma'am. Are you from Sweetwater? Uh, well, no, I drove 30 miles. Perfect. How would you like to sit up front? Oh, I don't need a wheelchair. Oh, why, thank you. But first, how are we doing? I hope this episode of The Musical Man finds you well. I want to begin with a plea to the masses. Look, Zombies 3 is premiering on Disney Plus July 15th, all right? If you have not already written a five-star review via Apple Podcasts or Pod Chaser, preferably both, here is what you need to do right now. If you listen to this show, if you like me, if you respect me at all, you are going to stop this episode and you are going to write a review on one, if not both, both is preferable, platforms. I need you to do this. We want 65 star reviews. We have 54. We just got our 54th five star review. So we are very close to reaching our goal. Let's do that before Zombies 3 drops on July 15th. That is our deadline. Let's make this happen. Now that I've made that plea to the masses, I want to talk about our listener, Zach. Hello, Zach. Zach? reached out to me regarding the joke from Sugar Babies I found so confounding. Can we actually play that joke again? Here is the original audio from the Sugar Babies cast recording. This is the Broken Arms Hotel front desk. What's that? You say you got a leak in your bathtub? Well, go ahead. You paid for the room. All right, okay, so you have the joke in your head, and here is Zach's explanation for that joke. Okay, so the guest of the Broken Arms Motel has a leak in their bathtub. Yes, sure, yes. The manager hears this complaint, I've got a leak in the tub, as I've got to leak in the tub. In other words, I am in the tub and I need to piss. The misinterpretation informs the punchline, well, go ahead, you paid for the room. Knock, knock, knock. I am grateful to have this explanation in my head. The joke, as Zach pointed out, is still dismal, but at least we have this information. Thank you so much, Zach. And finally, I want to say congratulations to the following Broadway musicals for being nominated for the Tony Award for Best Musical. They are going to be going up against each other for the sake of the 75th Annual Tony Awards. Congratulations, Girl from the North Country, MJ, Mr. Saturday Night, Paradise square, six, and a strange loop. Congratulations once again. I have a feeling that if you know anything about me, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I'm excited to talk about all of those shows except for one of them. Which one is it? Which one do I not really want to talk about? Ah, lead closer, my friend. I'll tell you, it's MJ. I'm not really looking forward to talking about MJ. Oh, Michael Jackson? No, 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 no. Not Michael Jackson. It's called MJ, which is what everyone refer to Michael as MJ, MJ. Such a common nickname for that artist, that monster. Okay. (laughs) We'll get there. We'll do it. We'll go through the whole thing, I'm sure. And I also want to tip my hat to the shows that were snubbed this season. Ah, they were eligible. Oh, sure they were. But they were not nominated for the Tony Award for Best Musical. Those shows are Diana, of course, the Princess Diana musical that so many people claimed was good. (laughs) 
It's actually good. Why is your voice so high? I don't know. And then we had Flying Over Sunset, of which I have not heard a note. I do not know if that is good. I do not know. And Mrs. Doubtfire. Hello! Shocking. <laughs> I actually think the lead actor from that show, he got a Tony nomination, right? What is with our fucking obsession with these shows and these performances? He put on some boobies. This transphobic community of ours, it's so fucking ridiculous. Ha 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 ha. Oh, dressing up as a woman uh, to achieve his own ends, to get what he wants. It's so funny. It is now time to provide the show facts regarding Leap of Faith to you, the listener. Let's do it. Show me the show facts. Ah, let's do it. Leap of Faith was a 2012 nominee for the Tony Award for Best Musical. It opened on April 26, 2012 at the St. James Theater and ran for 19 performances. The book was written by Janus Sircone and Warren Leet. The music was written by Alan Menken and the lyrics were written by Glenn Slater. This week's subject is based on a 1992 Paramount film, which was directed by Richard Pierce, written by Janice Sircone, hello again Janice, and stars Steve Martin, Deborah Winger, Lolita Davidovich, and <laughs> Lucas Haas, one of my least favorite actors, let me tell you that right now. The director of the original Broadway production was Christopher Ashley, musical director Brent Allen Huffman, orchestrations Michael Starobin, hello again Michael, and Joseph Hubert, choreographer Sergio Trulio. Scenic design, Robin Wagner. Lighting design, Don Holder. Sound design, John Shivers. <laughs> Costume design, William Ivy Long. Hello again, William. And the original Broadway cast was as follows. We begin with Raul Esparza, Telon Ackerman, Crystal Joy Brown, Kendra Kassebaum, Keisha Lewis Evans, Leslie Odom Jr. Now, this was not Leslie's Broadway debut. I thought it was. I was wrong. That distinction belongs to Rent, for which he served as a replacement in the role of Paul. Let's continue with this cast. We have Jessica Phillips, Hetty Varin Barnhill, Tari Campbell, Michelle Duffy, Lenora Evans, Deirdre Frell, Bob Gaynor, Lucia Gianetta, Angela Grovey, Lewis Hobson, Tiffany Janine Howard, Grisson Kingsbury, Fletcher McTaggart, Maurice Murphy, Tarita Red, Alicia Ramon, Bryce Rynes, Ann Sanders, C.E. Smith, Danny Stiles, Dennis Stowe, Betsy Struckness, Roberta B. Wall, and finally, last but certainly not least, we have Virginia Anne Woodruff. In terms of Tony nods, get a load of this. The show was nominated for the following Tony Awards. Best Musical, End of List, one nomination, zero awards. I always find that very suspicious. When a show is only nominated for Best Musical, we have no acting, we have no technical nominations. What's going on there? Are we just trying to fill a slot? Also, how many Tony voters actually saw Leap of Faith? Again, it ran for 19 performances, so I don't really know how, 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 how we're supposed to really Really judge this against the other shows that were nominated. Let's talk about the plot of Leap of Faith. Leap of Faith begins with a framing device so eminently pointless it makes my head spin. I almost hesitate to describe it, but here we go. Lights up on the St. James Theater. That's right, the first location is the St. James Theater. Professional bunko artist Jonas Nightingale takes the stage, fully aware he is standing before a Broadway audience. Hello, New York. Jonas used to moonlight as a tent revival pastor, and he believes his tale of redemption will inspire the sinners of NYC. If it were up to me, this hokum would have been cut on the road to Broadway. Audiences do not need to be told. They are going to be told a story. Smash cut. Sweetwater, Kansas. Jonas and his troop of like-minded hucksters are in a jam. A pickle, you might say. Their tour bus has broken down, moths are flying out of Jonas's empty pockets, and no one has been paid in weeks. It's time to do what they do best. Set up a tent, stage a flashy revival, and bleed these backwater rubes for everything they've got. Sam, Jonas's sister and sergeant at arms, already knows the town is suffering from a drought, so if anyone is in need of a miracle, it's Sweetwater. There's just one problem, a fly in the ointment, Bzz, you might say. And that's Sheriff Marla McGowan. Marla can sniff out bullshit from a mile away, and she gives Jonas exactly three days to repair the bus and get the hell out of Dodge. Jonas, thoroughly unfazed by Marla's bluster, orders his associates to hit the streets and drum up interest in the revival. Interacting with the locals will allow Jonas to learn about their hopes, their fears, and most importantly, their dirty little secrets. Secrets equal money, honey. Smash cut. Night one of the three-night revival. Using a Bluetooth 
Bluetooth device, beep boop bop, Sam aids Jonas in targeting Sweetwater's neediest and most gullible denizens. All right, Jonas, front row center, red and white tie. His mother died three days ago. Stage right, white dress, beehive hairdo. She's been a chain smoker for 25 years, and so on and so forth. Everything is going quite well. The cash is flowing in the right direction, but when Jonas is confronted by a young boy who cannot walk, he instinctively turns his back on the child. There are, as he has come to find, some issues you do not touch. Smash cut! The exterior of a dingy Sweetwater motel. Sheriff Marla presents Jonas with a $1,000 fine for what, I do not know, discloses that the boy he chose to reject is her son, and less than 10 minutes later, they're falling into bed. Their fucking is what they're doing. As Marla and Jonas make love, the boy, whose name is Jake, regales us with a song about faith. Why is this kid talking to us? Why is anyone talking to us directly? If you want a musical that breaks the fourth wall in the tradition of Brecht, you should lean into the bit. Really commit to it. No one is interested in a pinch or a dash of Brecht. Jonas bonds with Jake shortly after plowing his mom. Why, that's wonderful. Sam warns Jonas that sentiment has no place in a con, uh, 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 which seems like decent advice. To clarify, Sam's motivations are all over the place throughout this show. She initially hated the idea of staging the revival in Sweetwater, as the people who live there are barely scraping by, but at this point in the story, she's determined to pull Jake into the act and turn him into a spectacle? Why? When Jonas rejects this idea out of hand, Sam accuses her brother of going soft. So which is it, Sam? Do you want Jonas to become a better person or embrace his dark side? You can't have both. During the second night of the revival, Jonas does his level best to heal Jake. I heal thy legs in the name of the Lord. Go forth, my son. Walk without fear. Alas, the boy crumples and Marla decides to arrest her one-time lover in a chaotic display. Jonas calls out to the crowd, uh, assuring them that if they attend the final night of the revival, they will bear witness to a miracle. Act 2. Jake pays a visit to Jonas, who has been confined to a jail cell. The boys' faith has not been shaken, despite recent events, and they continue to converse over toast. Yes, toast. Did I mention the town holds a candlelight vigil for Jonas shortly before paying his bail? These people adore Jonas. It's bizarre. You barely know this man. As the third night of the revival draws near, Jonas's colleagues begin to question the morality of their enterprise. I'm sorry, what? Why? What is the problem? What is the X factor here? This is not the first time Jonas has been arrested. He says as much explicitly. You're telling me after all these years of robbing hard-earned money from strangers and leaving them in the dust, the gang has finally decided to grow a conscience? I'm sorry, but that dog will not hunt my my friends, it will not hunt. Jonas screams at Jake moments before walking on stage for the revival's finale. Beat it, kid, you bother me. Something along those lines. Armed with a pile of incriminating evidence, Marla threatens to put Jonas away for good. Where did Marla get the evidence? It's a whole thing. Please don't ask. Sam encourages the sheriff to look beyond Jonas's rough exterior and pity the bruised soul that lies underneath. Here's what I would say to Sam in that situation. No thanks. But the evidence! Go back and explain the evidence, you say. Ugh, fine. So there's this whole subplot involving the Sturdivant family, Ida Mae and her two adult children, Ornella and Isaiah. They've been working for Jonas for some time, but Isaiah is tired of the deception. He wants to be a proper man of God, just like his dead preacher papa. Ida Mae points out how her husband was an asshole and an ineffectual preacher. Ida Mae put food on the table by cleaning houses for 20 years. What did Papa Sturdivant ever do? Long story short, Isaiah steals Jonas's records and hands them over to Marla. That's the incriminating evidence. Miraculously, Jonas manages to heal Jake's disability, which sends our anti-hero into a tailspin. Ah! How did this happen? Was the kid a ringer this whole time? Lord above, explain yourself! Smash cut! A new day dawns in the town of Sweetwater. The bus has been repaired, everyone is ready to hit the road, but Jonas 
has a few announcements to make. Number one, he will not be joining them. Number two, Sam is in charge of the show now. And number three, Isaiah is their new preacher. It's time for some genuine proselytizing. I don't know how to say that word, proselytizing. Marla and Jake embrace Jonas, and upon doing so, the clouds erupt with a torrent of rain. The drought has finally come to an end. Praise the Lord. Did you forget about the drought? I don't blame you. For the purposes of this week's episode, I watched the 1992 motion picture Leap of Faith, and to begin our discussion of the film, I would like to point out a very strange aspect of the film's poster. The poster, if you look this up, features an enormous Steve Martin wearing some sort of disco ball jacket, and I just want to emphasize that he is enormous in comparison to everything else. He looms over the entire landscape of the town. The revival tent is dwarfed by his godlike stature and status, but the poster includes his name and that of Deborah Winger, so you would expect that Deborah Winger would appear somewhere on the poster, right? Well, she does in a very, very, very small postage stamp sized box. We see the face of Deborah Winger. They have cropped some sort of publicity photo, some press still, so that it's just her fucking face. I don't want to see anything below the chin or above the fucking hairline. And they have slapped that on at the very bottom of the poster. It is absolutely ridiculous, and it truly does seem as if they completely forgot to put Deborah on the poster, and so in their madness, in their rushed anxiety, they just... <laughs> they went, fine, 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 here, here, tiny little Deborah. That's the only place it'll work. It's so insulting. She is the co-star of the film. I know Steve Martin is the star, but if you're gonna put Deborah Winger's fucking name on it, Deborah Winger, the Oscar winner, I believe, from Terms of Endearment, why don't you just fucking find the time to truly, properly showcase her? It's so weird. The cast of this movie is wild. We have Meatloaf, we have Philip Seymour Hoffman in an early role, but I really enjoyed seeing LaShawns. LaShawns is in this movie. LaShawns deserved to be a movie star. I don't think that's a controversial statement. She is a star, do not get it twisted, but we deserve to see her in a dozen movies spanning every genre. And hey, guess what? There's still time. Make that happen. Watching Steve Martin jog in jeans, a cowboy hat, and a half shirt? That's right, that's his jogging outfit. That was disturbing. That was a very strange and unwelcome sight, I gotta tell ya. I have no interest, zero interest, in sneaking a peek, Oh, sneaking a peek, at that fuzzy little belly of his. All of that dark hair, no thanks. If this guy came into my diner and tried to flirt with me, I would smash a bottle of syrup over his head. Smash! There are quite a few differences between the plot and characterizations of the film and those of the musical. For one thing, the movie versions of Jonas and Sam, or Jane as she is known in the film, are not siblings. Steve Martin and Deborah Winger have this we-used-to-fuck dynamic that's sort of interesting, but it never develops beyond that. Marla, or Marva as she is known in the film, is a waitress. Jake, or Boyd as he is known in the film, is her little brother rather than her son. The movie does feature a skeptical sheriff, played by a baby-faced Liam Neeson, and he falls in love with Sam slash Jane, who chooses to stay behind and make a life with him. Jonas does not fall in love with Marla slash Martha. He doesn't even come close to falling in love with her. Instead, he leaves in the middle of the night, having been shaken by Jake slash Boyd's recovery. But the rain does appear to renew his faith, and we're left to wonder about his plans along with the future of the tent revival. The ending of the movie is actually more satisfying than that of the musical because of this ambiguity. We do not have to tie off every loose end. For the record, if you're adapting a movie for the stage and you find yourself changing a bunch of the character names, ask yourself why, because changing a bunch of character names will not help the adaptation stand apart from its source. We're making it our own, are you? I don't think so. Patty Benny, can we actually play a clip from the movie that I pulled. I would like to play that right now. This is a moment between Steve Martin as Jonas and Liam Neeson as the skeptical sheriff. Let's hear that. Nightingale, we both know there's nothing I can do legally. I'm here man to man. Folks have lost their jobs, their land. They can't afford to feed their families. 
So they sure can't afford a con man like you. Do a good thing. Back it up. Well, it's some plain talk, Will. So I'll give you a little in return. Good night, folks. Good night, sir. Let's assume for a second I was what you said I was. Up in New York, they got Broadway shows that cost $65 a pop just to walk in the door. Now, maybe you like the show and you leave humming a tune, or maybe you don't and you kick yourself. I give my people a good show, plenty of music, worthwhile sentiments. And most of them go home with a little hope in their lives that wasn't there before. I have to assume this dialogue did not make it into Leap of Faith the musical because they knew it would inspire unrest within the audience. Wait, am I kicking myself? I am. I have been. Let's go. Hell, maybe they did include that dialogue, but if it were my ass sitting at the typewriter, I would have cut it. I followed the film with the 2012 original Broadway cast album of Leap of Faith, and I rounded out my research with the 2012 Tony Awards performance of Rise Up. It is so strange to consider how the Hello New York bit is actually from the show, and not something they devised for the Tonys. I always thought they made that up for the Tonys. I knew this performance was bad, I had seen it before, but having re-watched it a couple of times this week, it killed me to realize nothing works. Nothing. Robin Wagner's scenic design is little more than garish graphics projected onto screens. The dancers, who are trying and failing to find a meaning in Sergio Trullio's choreography, appear to be cordoned off by invisible holding pens. Raul is screaming like a drunk at a hockey game. I frequently have no idea what's going on as a result of the shoddy camera work. And as Chris pointed out, the costumes from William Ivy Long make it seem as if we're watching a rehearsal. It is possible to design everyday outfits that do not resemble Lululemon activewear. Come from away made it happen. The come from away comparison is also from Chris, I should say. I can barely talk about the tent effect that brings this number to a close. You're telling me you couldn't raise a real tent on stage somehow? It simply had to be a flash animation video effect? Revival tents do not typically resemble circus tents, and yet this one really looks like a circus tent. All right, let's talk about the score. Good evening, New York. Thank you for joining us on this, our revival's third and final glorious night. I am the Reverend Jonas Nightingale, and I know we got a house full of sinners tonight. You, sir, you sinner. Ma'am, you sit on a stick. And you, you're wondering if you can leave it in a mission and commit even more sin. You're all sinners. Each and every one of you, but you can be saved. Tell me, what do you do when the world's a mess and your life's in flux because the economy sucks and you're stuck way down in the depths of despair? Rise up! And what do you do when you're feeling the stress and you run out of hope and you just can't cope and you're pretty damn sure that you ain't got a prayer? Rise up! See, the worse your troubles get, the deeper you feel you're sinking. I don't blame you for lacking hope, but if you want to believe, and I believe you do, then take your hands off your neighbor's lap, lift them high, cause we're gonna make a joyful noise. Singing that'll make the rafters rock, stories that'll make your soul unlock. Even if you think it's all a crack, you'll rise up, you That'll wipe away your blues Preaching that you'll find you can't refuse Though you're mostly atheists and Jews You'll rise up, rise up And give unto the Lord Now you may not know it But there is a reason you came here tonight You are at a crossroads in life I know Because it was only a year ago that I myself stood At just such a Rubicon Out of money Out of options In a broken down bus Right where the road to perdition hits the highway to nowhere about a hundred miles south of Topeka, right outside a little town called... Brother Raymond? Padre? Where are we now? Uh, just outside of Sweetwater. Then Sweetwater is where we will pitch our tent. Mama, Sam, talk him down. Jonas, look around. These people, they've got nothing. Exactly. Fellas who've been laid off at the plants, farmers who have lost their federal grants, all of them are desperate for a chance to rise up. Rev, we need a big score. There's nothing here but dust. That's why it's perfect. Men who got no way to pay the rent. 
Wives who wonder where their savings went Watch them offer up their last red cent to rise up Jonas, it's a dying town in the middle of a drought I got this, these folks are stone cold out of luck And you know what they're hoping If they maybe throw the Lord a buck They'll come and save their shirts They'll be driving in from miles around With hearts and wallets open I'll make those suckers rise up They'll give them till it hurts Anyone got a better idea? No? Good. And unload the bus, set up the tent, and start from the word! Hey! Tell them I can set their children straight. Tell them I can help keep off the weight. Tell them that tonight right here at 8, they'll rise up and pass the prayer around. Tell them I can make their conscience clear. Tell them I can make the rain appear. You tell them anything they need to hear. Rise Up is a perfectly acceptable and reasonably catchy opening number, though I do find myself changing the lyrics in my head. I I found myself this past week walking around the apartment singing, Tell them I can set their children straight. Tell them I can help keep off the weight. Tell them that tonight right here at eight, they'll rise up and fuck the pain away. That's... I don't know why. I Something is broken inside of me. Let's talk about these real lyrics from the song. Lyrics by Glenn Slater, of course, to quote him directly. Quote, Music that'll wipe away your blues, preaching that you'll find you can't refuse. Though you're mostly atheists and Jews, you'll rise up, rise up, and give unto the Lord. Quote, <laughs> Atheists and Jews. Okay, how in the world did these lyrics stick? We really thought it was a good idea for Jonas to single out the Jewish members of the Broadway audience. Uh, Not doing all that well at the top, Uh, are we? No, we're not. Okay, let's move on. Daddy was strong and pure and proud. And he walked next to God unafraid Daddy went forth with head unbowed Never stumbled or stopped or strayed Though he no longer walks beside us Still his footprints are here to guide us Daddy was what I hoped to Every day, every inch of the way, I'll be walking like Daddy, talking like Daddy, doing what Daddy would do. In a better and brighter branch of the multiverse, say that five times fast, Leap of Faith would have been a starring vehicle for Leslie Odom Jr. Raul Esparza, get the hell out of here. Step aside. The whole show would have been built around Leslie because Leslie delivers. The man delivers. Leslie does not scream his way through every other song like someone we know, I would buy snake oil from Leslie. I would allow Leslie to throw me onto my back in a scummy motel room because the man, D-E-L-I-V-E-R-S. Walking Like Daddy is like 90 seconds long, which is ridiculous. It needs to be five minutes long. Give Leslie Odom Jr. some goddamn room. I can't believe you're hitting on me. I thought we both felt a spark. And I'm never wrong. Never. Want a bet? You want a drink? I'll tell you what, I'm right, you drink. Hit me. I bet you think you're pretty tough, and sure you are, but not enough. Still, you're the type of girl who likes to flirt with danger. That's it? You haven't had a date in years, the locals leave you bored to tears, but you'd be tempted by a charming, handsome stranger. <laughs> Please. It would help a ton if he's gone by Monday, I reckon. So it's clean and done before anyone has to know. 
subtle as I think I got you beat from Shrek the Musical. And if I had to choose between the two, I would go with the song from Shrek the Musical. Why? Because I think I got you beat includes a farting contest. And if I have to sit through a pale imitation of any get your guns, anything you can do, I require a farting contest. Anyone here believe in God? I don't mean that new age mumbo jumbo. I mean... Like a real god. Someone you pray to at night. The kind of god who can make it rain. Or make you walk. Or... Never mind. I know what you're thinking. Miracles, honestly. We all know they're nothing really. Fairy tales make believe like magic. The light of hand. Trickery, might as well admit it freely. Miracles, laughable, like magic. All they are is wishful thinking, simply an illusion. Just a lie we tell to help us through. But if they were real, think how it would feel. Miracles happening like magic. Jake, you a magician? It's just tricks, not like what you do. When I was your age, I wanted to be a magician. What happened? <laughs> what you want as a kid, what you get as an adult. Tell me about it. But if you're going to try to do magic, you have to keep practicing your sleight of hand over and over till you get so good, till it feels so natural. Even you believe it's real. You did that? Kid. I was so good, I made myself disappear. Miracles, that's their charm. Everybody thinks they need one shining out, bright and clear like magic. Say the words, wave your arm, ask and you are you guaranteed one. Just, Just like, like that, that, they appear like magic. All in luck, or fate, or fortune. Draw your own conclusion. Maybe it's a sign from you know who Maybe Once the door's ajar Look and there they are Miracles Everywhere Like magic Just for you Like magic falls apart the moment it begins. Jake says to us, the audience, I hate that he's talking to me directly, anyone here believe in God? I don't mean that new age mumbo jumbo. I mean like a real God. Disgusting, I hate this kid. Get this twerp out of my face. What exactly does new age mumbo jumbo mean anyway? What does it mean in this context? Is Jake talking about Scientology or is he talking about uh, Buddha? 
Buddhism. This kid refers to his mother as a godless heathen, quote-unquote, shortly after being introduced in the first act, which makes me think he's got enough prejudice to go around. I really, really hate this exchange between Jonas and Jake, which I'm going to recreate for you now. You would have heard it already, but Jonas says, if you're gonna try to do magic, you have to keep practicing your sleight of hand over and over till you get so good, till it feels so natural, even you believe it's real. And Jake says in response, you did that? And Jonas replies, kid, I was so good, I made myself disappear. Oh, brother, fuck off. <laughs> that sucks. That sucks so much. It's so, it's so, it's so bad. Kid, I was so good, I made myself disappear. Shut up. You know, I just thank God that daddy's not here to see. Oh, no, see. no, no. Don't talk to me about your daddy. Your daddy was a cold man, and he never touched a single soul. And I had to clean houses for 20 years to support his empty church. Is that the kind of man you want to be? Life is a through way to God's own address. Some take it local, and some go express. Those in the slow lane just watch the others pass through. Baby, how about you? Are you on the bus or on the bus? Tell me, do you even know? through these songs, if you, if you notice, if you can tell. Are You on the Bus pops because it involves Crystal Joy Brown, Keisha Lewis-Evans, and Leslie Odom Jr. The Sturdivant family drama subplot is more complex and compelling than anything involving Jonas, by far. I especially like how Ida Mae tries to dispel the myth surrounding her dead husband. This idea that Daddy Sturdivant was an unimpeachable man of the cloth. Men of the cloth command respect through their actions, Isaiah, not their status or their words. Isn't it interesting how Leap of Faith capitalizes on black culture while centering a white man and relegating black people to the margins? Uh, I should say aspects of black culture, which of course is not a monolith. But uh, to my point, Broadway sure does that a lot, right? We'll have some black characters on the side, and every now and then, sure, we'll allow them to have some time in the spotlight, but at the end of the day, we really just want the sights and sounds, the colors, the aesthetic. That's what we want, the black culture cultural aesthetic, <laughs> quote-unquote. Let's put the white guy in the center, though, right? It's all about the white guy's redemption. That's fun. This doesn't work. It's nothing you did wrong. You know that. I know you're going to heal me, Jonas. I know it. Get me up, Jonas. Jonas, please. Pray for me.
If your faith is strong enough, if you keep believing long enough, if you sing God's song enough, your faith will set you free. Your faith will set you free. Your faith will set you free. It pains me to say that I choked up during Jake's section of If Your Faith Is Strong Enough when he's on the ground singing If Your Faith Is Strong Enough and I resent having my heartstrings pulled in such a fashion. I don't like the fact that I'm tearing up during that. Congratulations, Leap of Faith. The kid with enormous puppy dog eyes fell over and delivered a crystal clear solo about his desire to be healed. And yeah, it made me cry. I want to be healed. I want to be healed. We all want to be healed. You tapped into our humanity's collective desire for relief and took advantage of it. Are you proud of yourself? Ugh. You know who I worry about? I worry about the people in the audience who are a little too moved by Jake's miracle moment. Huh, honey? See? 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 Honey? See? Huh? 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 See, honey? Doctors and science don't know everything. Huh? Jesus, take the wheel. I'm going off my meds. Don't go off your meds. I suppose we could close out this deconstruction construction of the score, which has gone by in a flash, hasn't it? With a little bit of Jonas's soliloquy, which is... <laughs> I gotta tell ya, if there is anything more suspicious than a song called Blank's Song, Wentz Song, or whatever, it's Blank's Soliloquy. Ah, da da da, you're not Carousel Leap of Faith. And yet, I do think this is a fairly decent performance from Raul Esparza. I don't mean to rag on him from beginning to end, and so I do think we should hear a bit of it. Let's hear a bit of it, not all of it, a bit of it. some kind of scam, isn't it? It was all just too pat, wasn't it? It's that kid and his mother in cahoots with one another. Sure, it's gotta be that, doesn't it? What's the game? Well, who knows? Should have seen it, I suppose. Well, they worked me and they played me. Can't believe they nearly swayed me. It might be a fluke, mightn't it? Could be all in his head, couldn't it? Something wrong in his attic, psycho. What's the word? Somatic would explain it instead, wouldn't it? That makes sense. It was odd. All that crap with him and God. And those morons really think they got a miracle. Swear they thought the hand of fate. Anyone can see it's not a miracle Time to set those suckers straight No one here but me can make a miracle I'm the guy who pulls the strings I say where and when to fake a miracle Get it folks, there's no such thing Cause we're just flesh and bone Aren't we in this world on our own? Aren't we? Fine with me, I've succeeded. I am all I ever needed, and we're better off alone. Aren't we? Aren't we? Aren't we? Thank you so much, Patty and Benny, as always. And now it is time to hear from our fine, fine sponsor, 5678 Coffee. Take it away, 5678. Oh, 
Welcome, my friend. Welcome. I am Satine, the sparkling diamond, and it is an honor to make your acquaintance. Oh, may I? But your cheeks, they are so very hard. Oh, come in straight away. I understand you are a visitor to our fair city. I must warn you, Parisian summer nights can be very hot and very... Sticky, please sit and let's loosen that tie of yours, shall we? Oh, yes, that's much better. (coughs) (coughs) I know exactly what you need. My sweet baboo. Five, six, seven, eight, coffee. Oh, do not move. I shall return for the win- <laughs> Harold, the coffee. Hurry, Harold. Satine, what's wrong? You look absolutely dreadful. Kitten, need I remind you the future of the Moulin Rouge is at stake? We cannot have you falling down on the job! Oh, don't be silly. It's merely a tickle of the throat. (laughs) Now, on with the show. (laughs) Hello! Are you ready to see what I have prepared for you? (laughs) Fabulous. Allow me to bend over and pour you a fresh cup. Oh, no, 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 no peeking. No dessert until you've had your coffee. <laughs> there, isn't that lovely? Oh, I always take my... <laughs> Pardon me, I believe I shall slip into something more comfortable, and as I always say, less is more. Am I right? I'll be back in two shakes of a lamb's tail, my sweet baboo. Harold! Harold, I can't breathe! My God, Satine, what is happening to you? I, uh, I may have swallowed a diamond. <laughs> oh, kitten, really? We've talked about this. You cannot keep eating the diamonds. I do not have time for your lectures, Harold. Please, do that voodoo. You do so well. <laughs> oh, very well, my dear. Assume the position. <laughs> On the count of three, yes, as usual. One, two, three. (coughs) Oh, oh, thank you, Harold. Oh, really, I owe you my life. Oh, my goodness. I'm sure you would have done the same for me, my pet. Oh, and to think so much trouble over such a tiny, silly thing. (laughs) A tiny, silly, tasty little morsel. Hand over the diamond, Satine. Oh, yes, of course, Harold. (laughs) I had no idea I was still holding it. There you are. Yes, now get out of there and shake that moneymaker. Voila. Do you like what you see? Oh, I'm sure you do. And I have a feeling you like what you don't see, am I right? But, 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 before we move on to the main event, I was thinking I could go for a bite. How about you, darling? Care for a taste of my forbidden fruit? (laughs) Never fear, my sweet baboo. Nourishment is on the way. Satine, stop right there. Don't Get take out another of step. my way, Harold. Satine, those diamonds are for wearing, not for eating. You have a problem, kitten. Oh, I'm afraid you're absolutely right, Harold. I do have a problem. And his name is Harold Ziddler. No! Oh, my God, Satine, don't do this. Stop it, Satine. Get a hold of yourself, my God. Oh, 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 uh, 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 
Satine, my god, what have you done? You are what you eat, Harold, and I am the sparkling goddamn diamond. Now, who is ready to fuck? <coughs> <coughs> Final thoughts regarding Leap of Faith. You know, I actually enjoyed listening to Alan Menken's music. It sure as hell ain't great, but you know what? It sure as hell ain't bad either. The story and the characters, yeah, those are bad. If I ever need a musical about a flimflam artist who learns to care for a small town, a nice lady, and a dopey little boy, I already have one. It's called Brigadoon. I'm sorry, it's called Brigadoon. No, I, I apologize. It's called... Brigadoon. Yeah, there we go. Got it in three. Bonus final thought for the aspiring songwriters out there. Ancient metaphors like Fox in the Hen House and I Can Read You Like a Book are not viable starting points. This next song is called I Can Read You Like a Book. No, it's not. No, it's not. It most definitely is not. As a reminder, the 2012 winner of the Tony Award for Best Musical was former subject once, and the other nominees that season were new and former subject, nice work if you can get it. That means we only have one more show in this set that we have not talked about. We have not talked about Newsies, but we will do that at some point in the future. Ah, it's a weak batch, Mama. It's a weak batch, isn't it? Newsies is the winner. I believe I've already declared that in the past. Extra, extra, read all about it. Twinks are finally on top on Broadway. Two Alan Menken scores in one season. Wow. I believe it is now time to rank, huh? Leap of Faith against all of the other musicals we have talked about here on the podcast. As a reminder, if you want to check out our ranking, go to twitter.com slash musicalmanpod, access our link tree, you will find a spreadsheet. On the second tab of that spreadsheet, you will find our ranking, okay? Where is Leap of Faith? Well, let me just scroll. Let me just keep scrolling, keep scrolling. Oh, I should say I have a, a change that I would like to announce, but we're going to do that in a second. We need to focus on Leap of Faith, which is number 94 on our list between Shrek the Musical at number 93, appropriate, and moving out at number 95. So what was the change that I made, huh? Well, I'm going to update you right now. Swing is now at number 82 between Mame at 81 and Memphis at 83. I believe Swing was a lot higher than that, and I decided, let's ooh, let's move that a few notches down, shall we? And so that's what we did. I have two pieces of show-related ephemera for you this time around. I want to begin with this New York Times article that was published on April 25th, 2012. It was written by Dan Barry, and the headline is as follows. Taking their dreams, but not the usual ones, to Broadway. Weird headline. I think we could have done better. Here is this article, which has been condensed for the purposes of this podcast. Ah, but, you know, you'll, you'll get the point. You'll get the gist. If the lights of Broadway were dimmed every time a dream died, it would be cast in eternal darkness. Yet hope continues, as reflected by the many people who are testing the world's most unforgiving stage by investing in a new musical opening this week, the aptly named Leap of Faith. Among the anxious dozens banking on the production's success are the passionist fathers and brothers of the province of St. Paul of the Cross, a shrinking, financially challenged Roman Catholic community that has put up 50 large, as in thousands, on the bet that the musical will be a hit. Pray for them. The Passionists say that their financial security does not hinge on whether Leap of Faith is a smash, although box office success would certainly provide much-needed help. As it is, they are selling off retreat centers and residences to ward off bankruptcy. Instead, they see their investment as a novel way to deliver their spiritual message and, who knows, attract a new member or two. It's more to break out and do something creative, the Reverend Edward Beck, 52, the treasurer for the province, explained. If people aren't joining us and we're closing our retreat houses, maybe this is a way in secular culture. Finding their way in today's world looms large for the members of this passionist province, which covers the eastern United States, a bit of Canada, and Jamaica West Indies. Their central missions, preaching the word and promoting prayer, remain the same as when the order was founded in 1725, but basic survival is not far behind. In the early 1960s, the province had about 630 members. Young men 
drawn to the passionist brand of religious life, routinely replenished its ranks. Today, it has about 144 members. The average age is 78. And very rarely, as in nearly never, does anyone knock on the door to ask about becoming a novice. I have dear friends with kids who have gone to college, and they can't dream of letting their boys and girls go into religious life, the Reverend Kulumkile Regan, 90, said, Nothing makes less sense to them than celibate men living alone. It's passe. The province found itself getting squeezed by a drop in its numbers and a rise in its average age, with more priests requiring nursing care and fewer priests able to earn money, say, by traveling to parishes to preach. At the monastery in Jamaica, wheelchairs are nearly as common as crucifixes. The passionists also paid dearly for some bad business decisions, including the use of restricted retirement funds for operational expenses. Some of this we did to ourselves, confessed the Reverend Robert Yorger, the elected leader of the province. But Father Yorger said that this period of financial crisis, unrelated, he says, to any of the sexual assault lawsuits that have dogged the Catholic clergy in recent years, okay, has spurred deeper reflection within the community. The challenges have also forced the Passionists to be more creative in finding solutions. One step they've taken is to broaden the masses they televise by paying for access on the ABC Family Channel in hopes of touching more people and generating more donations. Another step? Broadway, baby! A few years ago, Father Beck was invited to a reading of Leap of Faith for potential investors. He liked the musical's message of redemption. He also smelled a winner. With the blessing of the province, he first put up $25,000, and then, with another blessing, doubled it. Michael Mannheim, one of the musical's four general partners, said it was kind of a funny thing to have the Passionists invest in a show written by three Jews and an atheist. But the show is about belief, Mr. Mannheim said. I just think that in times like the present, people have financial challenges and professional challenges. Inevitably, they look to something to believe in. Several Passionists have seen Leap of Faith in previews, and only one was somewhat less than impressed. The rest gave it a rave, including Father Reed. I couldn't believe the energy of the show, he said, but when you get to 90, you remark on the energy of others. The true test, though, is opening night. Among the hundreds filing into the St. James Theater on Thursday evening will be a couple of investors in black suits and white collars, Father Robert Yorger and Father Edward Beck. They are hoping to see a great show. Really, really hoping. That's the article for you, and I just want to say a subsequent article from the New York Times reported that upon its closure, Leap of Faith had lost $14 million, a sum that represented everything, every penny its investors had poured into the production. That is depressing. Let's improve the mood by listening to a truly great Alan Menken song. This is Out There from the Hunchback of Notre Dame, featuring lyrics by Mr. Stephen Schwartz. Maybe you've heard of it. Let's hear it. Out there among the millers and the weavers and their wives, through the roofs and gables I can see them. Every day they shout and scold and go about their lives, heedless of the gift it is to be them. feel better now. To determine which show we discuss next, we'll need to take a ride on the musical carousel, otherwise known as the random number generator I named after that classic Rogers and Hammerstein show, Stop! Men at Work! Do not enter! Everyone ready? Then away we go!
next episode of the main feed will drop on June 8th, so be on the lookout for that to drop then at that time. Oh boy, this show is a 1977 nominee for the Tony Award for Best Musical, and it ran for 384 performances. Ah, do you know what it is? Maybe you do. Side by side by side time. I made up my own little melody there. Yes, it's side by side by Sondheim. And that's dropping again. Oh, when? Ah, that's right. June 8th. Go to patreon.com slash musicalmanpod to find out how you can support the show financially. As a reminder, 100% of every monthly payout is donated to the Okra Project. You can donate $1, 3 5 or $10 a month. If you donate $1 a month, you will get Monday early access to all of these main feed episodes. Everyone else will have to wait until Wednesday, but you as a patron will get them on a Monday. You'll also get a verbal shout-out each and every week. Thank you so much for donating at least $1 a month, Greg, Andy, Elizabeth, Aaron, Jason, Jack, Vitor, Sydney, Katie, Elena, Anton, Ross, HJG, Jared, Eli, David, Dave, Christopher, Neil, Brian, Robin, Liz, Carrie, Maddie, Jonathan, Marques, Rob, Shauna, Shiante, Roberto, Jordan, Ashley, Chris, JC, Jenna, Aaron, Lily, Haley, Brandon, Brad, Matt, Zach, and Marisol. Saying all those names gives my abs a workout. Ooh, ooh. You'll also get 17 bonus episodes. What are those about? Well, they're about the 73rd annual Tony Award a trailer review for the film Cats, The Little Mermaid Live, a full review of the film Cats, Emma at Chicago Shakespeare Theater, Take Me to the World, a Sondheim 90th birthday celebration, Hamilton via Disney+, Plus, Documentary Now, Original Cast Album, Co-op, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, Arlo the Alligator Boy, a review of the trailer for West Side Story, Vivo, the Tony Awards present Broadway's Back, Diane and Annie Live. You'll also get Season 1, that's 12 episodes of Radio Boy, a series for which I check in with myself via the non-musical theater songs that make me feel more like myself. And you'll get the first 12 episodes of M3, the movie musical man. That is a series for which we watch and discuss trilogies, trios of movie musicals that are tied by a common theme. That series is returning, brand new episodes dropping in October of this year, October 2022. But let's say you donate $3 a month. Well, in that case, you'll get everything I've already described, plus you'll get a musical shout-out in the style of a character, actor, or composer of your choosing. You'll get all ten episodes of Wildcats Everywhere, the high school musical podcast, and a special one-off episode all about Julie and the Phantoms. Five dollars a month will get you everything I've already described, plus you will get to stop the musical carousel and determine what show I discuss on the podcast. You pick it! You pick it! You'll get seasons one and two, that's 24 episodes, of All I Ask of You, an advice show hosted by the Phantom of the Opera, and you'll get access to our Broadway in Chicago review series, the next episode of which will drop June 1st. That's going to be about To Kill a Mockingbird and Ain't Too Proud. It's going to be a double episode, baby. And finally, as a $5 a month patron, you'll get Shout About It, Volumes 1, 2, 3, and 4. These are collections of 5, 6, 7, 8 coffee ads and musical shoutouts from the first 100 episodes of the podcast. And as a $10 a month patron, you will get everything I've already described, plus exclusive announcements regarding future subjects of the main feed. You'll get season one, 12 episodes of The Snub Club, which is all about Broadway musicals that were not nominated for the Tony Award for Best Musical. They were snubbed, and you'll get access to Turn It Off, a series dedicated to off-Broadway musicals. The next episode of that show will drop June 15th, and it will be all about assassins and here lies love. If you're listening to the show via Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, please, again, I beg of you, Write a five-star review on one or both, preferably, platforms. We want 65-star reviews. We have 54. Once we get to 60, I will record and release that episode that's all about Disney's Zombies franchise. You can stream the show via a variety of platforms. Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, or Podbean. Musicalmanpod.podbean.com Follow us on Twitter at MusicalmanPod and email me at MusicalmanPod at gmail.com Thanks, as always, to Patty and Benny. Patty, Benny, I don't know what I would do without you. Thank you to Alex Green for our beautiful logo, and thank you to Zach Little for our fabulous intro and outro music. Ah, you know what that sound means? Yes! Just when the fun is starting comes the time for parting. Oh well. We'll catch up some other time, specifically on the next episode of The Musical Man. So long, farewell, off Wiedersehen, and good night.
my turn. I'm quaking in fear. You spend your days in the heat and haze and sleepwalk through the town. You watch it turn to dust and blow away. You talk to folks, maybe tell some jokes. You smile when they seem down and swear the rain will be here any day. But late at night in the failing light, you're tired to your soul. And everything inside comes bursting through Still you keep it hid So your poor sweet kid won't see you lose control And pretend that you're just fine Hope to God it's true Too much I can take it Can you? I think you read folks like you do To keep the world from reading you it's hard to hit a target that keeps moving See, I don't know the life you've had But someone somewhere hurt you bad And you don't want that wound to start improving So you come on hard and won't drop your guard for a second And you pick apart everybody's heart So your own can stay unknown Stop now. Stop. No. Watch out. Pull my finger. No. Turner.